0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Hello and welcome to a special early signing day edition of the College Football Daily. Usually we catch you up on all of the college football news within 15 minutes or fewer. We cannot possibly do that today. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida by the Steve Wildfong. Steve, we just wrapped. Long four-hour show on CBS Sports HQ. It was great. We're about to publish your winners and losers articles. Uh, we've got we had a fun signing day, didn't we?
2: Yeah, man. There's still a couple pieces out there out west, but this day has really flown by. It's four o'clock right now. Our alarm went off at five fifty-five in the morning, and I just feel like it's been a blur. How many hours of sleep did you get last night? I would say I probably got about four hours sleep, and here's why. I put in a crystal ball for Justin Flo to Oregon on Saturday, and I felt really good about that forecast at the time. But uh, then you have some doubt creep in with with this USC stuff over the weekend. So uh, when my colleague Greg Biggins put in the Oregon pick – who's the lead expert on mm-hmm. Justin Flo. It makes you feel that much better about your own prediction. And then I went from having heavy eyes to just being excited about our coverage of Justin Flo um, from going from – it started with Trenton Simpson. This was all last night? Yeah. So so Biggins put in the crystal ball for Oregon last night, which kind of which was the nail in the coffin for everybody. You felt pumped up
1: about it. You said, I felt, okay, I did it. We did it. We did it. I, we were right.
2: Right. We we were right. Yeah. And, and so he's the lead expert on it. And if you went to one, I think it was either the Oregon board or the USC board, like the forecasts that were in mine included were good, but people were waiting for Greg Biggins forecast to come in on Justin flow. And when he stamped it, you, you know, you, you never know in recruiting, but, but with, with, um, uh, Justin, with, with Justin flow and how close Greg is to those kids in the, in, in the LA area. Now he left the door open uh, that uh, you know, we'll see how he feels uh, when he wakes up. But anyway, now I'm juiced up. I'm excited. Where yeah, th- our our Oregon board's going nuts, and and that's that's the fun part for us is trying to figure out where these young men are going to go, well. and 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 trying to be right. But then I couldn't fall back asleep, and and so I was just reading the message boards all over our network.
1: Well, I feel like I probably just wound you up again. But let's let's stick on flow. Let's stick on flow. Commits to Oregon. The the Ducks are one of your big winners here. And if you're listening to this, you probably like know that Jordan Burch committed to South Carolina or that Rakeem Jarrett flipped from LSU to Maryland. We're going to talk about all of that stuff on this podcast. But as we work our way down the winners and losers, Oregon actually didn't have like a totally perfect day, Steve. They lost uh, Miles Slusher. They, they lost receiver Johnny Wilson.
2: They did, but their football team got a hell of a lot better today with Justin Flo, knowing that you're going to have him and Noah Sewell running around in your front seven with Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, that is championship-level recruiting right there. We already have Oregon knocking on the door of the college football playoff this year. Justin Flo and Noah Sewell, uh, with what they have coming back, potentially helps them break through. Now, obviously, there's going to be some question marks uh, at the quarterback position in the new O.C., but I I really think that uh, – Justin Flo and Noah, Noah Sewell that's, his, that's a hellacious duo uh, in the PAC12. Tell
1: me why Justin Flo chose Oregon over Clemson and Oregon over USC.
2: Well, I think it was really you know USC was the one that could be the wrinkle in, in, in uh, uh, Oregon's side at the end, but it, this was really an Oregon Clemson battle, and I think uh, Clemson led for the majority of the process. Um, but the way Oregon played this year. Uh, they had an extremely competitive season. And when he took his official visit for the Civil War against Oregon State, um he, he got a taste of the the, the culture and, and Mario Cristobal and, and what his staff are trying to do there. Uh, they're trying to win a national championship, and, and I think Flo felt that. And that's why he really liked Clemson. Uh, the way Dabo Sweeney uh, – Dabo Sweeney and his staff are like ultimate players' coaches, um, and and the coaches love – you saw all those guys uh, decide to come back that extra yeah, year two years uh, ago, yeah. because they loved being – Clemson football players. And, and so uh, that's why they recruit so well. Uh, but Oregon's got a similar deal going on there with Cristobal being a players coach and, and his staff. And and uh, uh, I think that as, as Flo got closer to making his decision, Clemson's kind of far, and I I, get, I got a chance to visit Clemson in the spring and uh, after th- in uh, Atlanta the opening, and it's an awesome place. It's like a resort, man. I mean, you're there, like you could if you're. Football- did you go down the slide? Uh, I did. Oh. If you're a football player at Clemson. You can basically take a girl out on a date at the facility. <laughs> like you could take her bowling and go get some ice cream at the facility. Or you guys can play some putt-putt and, and, and I get don't a get meal much privacy, at, the, at the facility. Well, I mean, how much privacy are you getting bowling and yeah. putt-putting and eating ice cream yeah, in like Trevor Lawrence probably you know, is like having but, a very but,
1: private bowling date.
2: Right. It's probably better for them to take their dates to the uh, Clemson football yeah. facility. Or you can sit. There's a beautiful sunset. But But anyway, where I'm going with it is – it's 90 minutes away from Atlanta, though, so you fly in and then you still got to travel, right? Yeah. Um, I, I just think that the distance and, and Clemson, this is also a, a lot of Greg Biggins information. The distance and, 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 and proximity really helped Oregon, but I don't, I don't know if Oregon gets it done if they don't have the year they had.
1: There you go. So for every winner I give you, I want to give you a loser, too. You chose USC as one of the losers. As we record this, they have the number 78 class in the country and the worst class in the Pac twelve, which would be the worst paper or worst class on paper in program history. I know like Clay Helton's gonna get up there during his press conference and tout that Keaton Slovis was a three star recruit and whatever and like they can evaluate guys and, and whatnot. But sure. What's your level of concern right now with USC? I mean, this can't be surprising. You have a lame duck coach for two years in a row, and this is what you get, the number 78 class.
2: And hopefully we don't have to re-record later because there are a couple small chances out there. Darian Green, Warren, uh, there's a couple of LOIs that aren't in yet at the time of, uh, of this recording, uh, but we're not predicting those guys to be Trojans here. Um, I'm extremely concerned because uh, football is won uh, through recruiting. What, what, what's wrong here? Well, no. Do you only,
1: like their staff of of evaluators, of recruiters, or like is this is this because Clay Helton has been uncertain for two years?
2: Well, that's a lot. That has a lot to do with. It. And they've still they've still won some good recruiting battles, and they they had some injuries this year. They were a better football team than their record. I mean, everyone has, but injuries. they're trending. They're not trending. Like this may be like their best team that they've had because of the way they've been recruiting. It's trending, it's trending the wrong way for them uh, in, in that regard, and they're going to be counting on player development and, and scheme uh, because their Jims and Joes walking in the door uh, on the surface aren't as good as Oregon and Washington's right now. And, and there's an uptick with Cal right now, you, and Stanford's got a top-20 class. And they had – speaking of injuries, my gosh, oh, that offensive line was decimated do you think
1: there Do you think USC – like, are we going to be doing this again in 2021? As far as the whole class spins, well, thinking all year that Clay Helton's not coming no,
2: back. Now this is going to be a whole, This is going to be like Groundhog's Day with USC unless they can find a way to win some ball games because. Clay Helton's going to be right back on the hot seat. Uh, I honestly think the uh, when they decided to keep Clay Helton, what they should have done at that point is just not announce it. Like, that's what I was saying. Like It's like, like, why do we got to announce that we're keeping a guy that's under contract? That's I what mean, I was like, saying. The, and that would have just been the – that was their only boss move that they could have had. Is like, be like, why would we announce something?
1: Status quo. He's, quote, he's our, our coach. He's our Guys? guy. Yeah. Yeah, but instead they – yeah, I don't know. So USC is a loser for sure. Let's go back to your winners and – I see you checking your phone, and I definitely—that's definitely fine with me. Like you're getting scoop, and and this is sort of you and your still element. trying
2: to keep up with the there's you, stuff out there. We have Josh Newberg from Knowles Two Four Seven. He's he's over at Morvin Joseph's signing day ceremony, so I'm keeping up with Josh Newberg yeah. right now. I think Morvin Joseph, well you had Florida State as a winner. I did. Man, what a day, huh? And and what that was where the fun started, right? Last night got a message that uh Chuba Purdy, top two four seven quarterback was gonna flip
1: younger brother of Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy.
2: Yeah, and, and really one of the best dual threat Quarterbacks in the country, when you're looking from a pure statistical standpoint, threw for over three thousand yards and rushed for over a thousand the last two seasons, and then you keep in mind what is how his brother just walked into Iowa State and has helped them win eight nine games two years in a row at a told program. Us quarterback that, next year, right? So uh, uh, he's going to come in and, and and give them some juice at, at Florida State. But uh, this morning, getting more intel. That was the first crystal ball forecast of the day uh, for our network, Chubba Purdy to, to Florida State, and and he. Caps, or I guess we'll see what Morvin Joseph does here. Uh, but but he caps a, a, a big day for Mike Norvell and and, and his staff as, as they also um went out and and uh, uh landed two in state receivers, Brian Robinson and Kentron Pointer, and also flipped Josh Griffiths from Louisville as well. So, uh, Norvell, no friend of Scott Satterfield's today, no,
1: for sure. Uh, look, this is perfect. This is you're making my life easy as far as a segue goes. A loser now, Florida, rival Florida. I mean, you, you, you were tracking this all week. Florida could have had a big day. You, you kept saying, look, "Get the spatula out." They had. And, a, what, did they go like zero for five as far as 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 far as expected results? Well, um, I mean, this was a bad day for Florida Gator football.
2: It's not completely over yet as we're recording, but it doesn't look like they're going to get anybody today. And look, Swamp Two Four Seven was was. Uh, going after me a little bit on Twitter, and they were really getting into Blake Oddman for the predictions. We're just trying to tell you the way we see it, man. We're not rooting against Florida. Uh, and, and, but if we can't predict a kid to Florida, doesn't mean we hate Florida. It just means that we don't think the kid's going to Florida. So tell me, though,
1: Florida sits right the, now at number eight the, the in the class. big blow
2: for Florida today. The one that Blake did predict to Florida. I didn't have a dog in the fight. I didn't really have any intel on Sam Brown's recruitment. Who but is S- Sam Brown? Sam Brown is a receiver from Bloomingdale, Georgia, New Hampstead, who is going to West Virginia over Florida. So West Virginia goes into SEC country and beats Florida uh, for, for a receiver that receiver. Look. And, and Florida still has the number eight class in the country, headlined by Gervin Dexter, who's one of the more pivotal gets in the country. They really need help on the interior defensive line. Tried to land a bunch of guys, but they have Gervin, who may end up being a five-star. But the difference between Dan Mullen and rival Kirby Smart at Georgia right now is the closing power. The Bulldogs close every cycle, and maybe Georgia doesn't bat a 1,000 down the stretch, but they flipped Jermaine Burton today. They landed Arian Smith, who's from Lakeland, Florida, which is Florida's it used to be the backyard Florida, Florida. was great. you right. That was Florida's backyard. Arian Smith, Chris Rainey. Look, DeMarcus Bowman's going to Clemson. Arian Smith's going to uh, Georgia. Uh, Georgia. And Kendall Dennis is going to Oklahoma, all from Lakeland High School.
1: And then also down in Miami, we thought all week Donnell Harris was going to be flipping from Texas A&M to Florida.
2: And if Morvin Joseph doesn't pick Florida, uh, which I think he's going to go to Tennessee and maybe we'll be correcting this, um, that's another Lakeland kid. Yeah. Uh, He had 23 23 sacks this year and took an official to Florida after Tennessee. Last year, Florida got like, remember the
1: Lakeland three? Like this is cyclical. The Lakeland trio. Morvin Joseph is a vol. All right. He's a vol. So we don't have to re record anything.
2: Right. That's good. Who
1: is Morvin Joseph as we, as we transition to Tennessee in our winners section as to why they are a winner. Here's what you wrote about Tennessee. Jeremy Pruitt and his staff spruce up a class uh, ranked 15 at time of recording, probably move up a little bit with Mormon Joseph. So they get Tyler Barron, the number 112 player in the country. They get a top 247 linebacker, Lynneth Whitehead. They get athlete Jimmy Holiday, 4.3 40-yard 40 dash guy uh, from TCU. They flipped him. Got a few other players too.
2: Yeah, Reginald Perry, 6'6", 305 pounds, took his official visit to Tennessee uh, the last weekend and saw them beat Vanderbilt. Had an opportunity to visit other schools, shut it down and just announced today. That's their sleeper of this class, I think.
1: Jeremy Pruitt, do you like what he's building?
2: Yeah. Uh, I got a chance to go to practice there uh, in the fall. I think it was fall camp. And I uh, uh, really liked the tempo and atmosphere uh, that they have have there. But I think really more than anything, like, look, everyone in the whole country was, uh, is this show PG-13, can I say, on Tennessee? Everyone was, yeah. every, you, everyone was shitting on Tennessee in September. Uh, they lose to Georgia State. They lose a heartbreaker to BYU. You well you said I could. They lose a heartbreaker to but they keep it together. I mean, they keep that locker room intact and, and keep that program moving forward. And, and and some of their wins weren't perfect, but they grinded them out and their kids played hard. And Jared Guarantano starts, he comes off the bench, uh, he makes a bad play in one game but comes back and plays well in the next game. I just think that the, the way that Tennessee is uh, building their culture and then recruiting athletic players with length on defense, and we saw a lot of those young guys this year. If Harrison Bailey, who just won a state championship in Marietta, uh, can be that guy uh, uh, at quarterback, I think that they landed two five-star offensive linemen last year. Uh, they bolstered that position group again this cycle. Uh, they're going to be a team uh, that's trending up in, in the SEC.
1: South Carolina landed Jordan Burch today. They did. We haven't man. talked about that yet. How about that? that number was... five player in the 24-7 sports composite. If that holds, he's their highest ranked signee since and Clowney. People forget that last year they got number eight overall player Zach Pagans, another, another defensive lineman. But, Steve, we had not known. Jordan Birch was the story of the week all week in Georgia buzz, LSU buzz, maybe Clemson was
2: still in it. South Carolina like holds on to this guy. Look, normally I can make an educated guess, get in the ballpark. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't know what to do. I mean, you talk to people. Everyone thought that they had a shot uh, that I, I talked to. And, and, and you talk to commits in classes. You talk to people around programs. Everyone thought that they had a puncher's chance at the very least. And, hell, South Carolina didn't even know. I mean, uh, it'll read in the article. They sweated it out, said one staff member. And uh, we felt good, but we didn't know. Um, but apparently there's some reports yeah. coming out of it. So there.
1: as we're recording this, he apparently Jordan Birch has not yet signed this. So what I want you to do if you're listening, depending on the day, is it Thursday morning, is it Wednesday afternoon? Just type in Jordan Birch on your phone. Type it in 24-7 Sports and see if it says signed. If it says signed, then disregard of the conversation we're about to have. I don't even know if we're having one. And if it says not signed, then, you know, what we're about to say, it holds some water. This is like, this is crazy, right? Like this is second year in a row. I remember last year waiting on Trey Sanders in LI to come in. Like college football recruiting is just, like, don't take anything for granted.
2: And Burchin and his mom apparently d- didn't give any interviews, which is fine. But I d- I'm only bringing that up because then I wish ESPN would have had the uh, fortitude to ask, are you signing? Because it was just kind of assumed.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, my first signing day was that I was at twenty four seven. Was C. C. Jefferson. Jefferson took like a day and a half to sign for Florida. So this is a totally yeah, this isn't new.
2: I mean, it happens a couple times. Th- these are tough decisions, man. And you, you're talking all these college coaches that are trying to influence your decision. Alpha personalities that don't get to these schools by accident. They've typically been very successful. And and so you talk to one of them. And they got you feeling some kind of way, and then you talk to another one, and then you have them, they, they have you feeling some other kind of way, and it, you're, you've only gone through this process once. They've recruited hundreds and hundreds of kids, like you're really no match, and, yeah. and so these decisions are tough. LSU, we did not expect LSU
1: to be a loser today,
2: and it kind of is weird to call them one because they still landed Doomerville, uh, Marcus Doomerville, and Philip Webb, and Philip Webb. M- Philip Webb, if he gets drafted in the top 10, uh, I would not be surprised. He has got a chance to be one of the best pass rushers in the country. Marcus Dumerville was one of the best offensive tackles in, in America. But the orange they why they're, they're a loser because the, this day could have been epic for them, right? And this was the day they, they were considered the biggest threat to to unseat Clemson as the number one recruiting class in the country. They're not in the conversation anymore unless Jordan Birch doesn't put pen to paper, and LSU's back in the game, and then we have competition, and we have those things to write about. But right now, if Jordan Birch does signs with South Carolina, I, I didn't pull it into the class calculator, but they, they – uh, LSU can't. They, they mathematically – I don't they think can't. they can catch Clemson. They, but they, they, they could
1: they, catch them, but Clemson's going to get Xavier Henderson.
2: Right. Clemson's going to get Xavier Henderson, I think. And then, uh, I mean, LSU, we knew they were going to lose Malcolm Green – uh, but they still lost. So they still lost
1: him. So Malcolm Green, four-star defensive back, he flips to Clemson.
2: Yeah, and then whether they wanted to sign Raheem Jarrett or not, they lost him today. Five-star receiver, yeah, going to, to Maryland. Maryland. And then Jermaine Burton, they for sure wanted to sign. And he is going to Georgia.
1: And that's a four star receiver in the state. He may be from Georgia. He's
2: on he's in the five star conversation for us at twenty four seven sports. He's ranked in that range. Jermaine Why did Burton this is. happen? LSU was the story of the college football season. Look, Kirby Smart can close, man. I mean, I'm telling you, like if he if you were ranking closers in but college Mike football. Loxley? Like well, how he, does
1: LSU not have this finish?
2: So like I said Coach O is I've a recruiter. Actually, at I've heart. actually got I don't know if LSU was pushing for Rakeem Jarrett at the end. Um, and uh, um, that's still a big pickup for Maryland, man. I mean, it's their, their – and uh, there's a lot of excitement. They had a good day. But uh, Kirby Smart, if we were ranking closers, like you can have more than one good closer in college football, but I, if you needed to get three outs and it was the game seven – I'm probably sending Kirby Smart into the home, man. I mean, he's got some – hell, he even got the last visit out of Jordan Birch, going in home, uh, get, getting that done. Because um, South Carolina was expecting him on campus. I suppose there's a chance he made it there on Sunday, and we don't know about it. And I didn't ask. I haven't asked. I should ask. asked. Uh, but, um, yeah, Kirby Smart, I think, right now is the best – closer in college football, but I mean, there aren't other bad, good ones because Mario Cristobal has proven his chops, and I mean, Nick Saban Nick is Saban the OG. Is not, not a bad recruiter. No, I mean, there was a time where it was definitely Nick Saban uh, as the best closer. Like, Alabama would come in on signing day, and, and, and uh, they would get a kid that you weren't even thinking they were in the equation for. <laughs> I mean, so, um, but they got, the SEC has got some really good recruiters right now, Jeremy Pruitt, and um, that's where Florida, you know, we'll see. Uh, they got to they got to find a way to close better.
1: Nebraska was a big winner. Scott Frost four and eight season was a disappointment on the field, but it did not affect their day to day. See, I mean, four star receiver Marcus Fleming, four star safety J- Jaden Francois. Those are two Florida kids. Uh, yeah,
2: they got a guy on their staff named Travis Fisher who does a great job in the Sunshine State. They they did they did good work in in Florida overall. Marvin Scotts in their class, Henry Gray's in their class uh, uh that 's just off the top of my head but they they did a really good job in Florida um I think with uh, um alante brown uh they they uh he 's a kid that played quarterback in high school, but he 's extremely dynamic um, so this class as a whole for nebraska they added more playmakers on offense to become more dangerous uh, as a football team. They added more team speed on defense, especially at linebacker uh and uh, um, arrows up on Nebraska man.
1: Well, we said that last year. So now Nebraska has a number 20 class in the country. Well, I country. hope it is.
2: Cause Fong's
1: it. checking his phone. You guys, anything good you're allowed to share?
2: No, Probably I'm just, not. No, I'm just trying to stay up with making sure that we're not missing any talking points. Donnell Harris is next. So uh, if he does...
1: Oh, that had, that's not official yet. So it's okay.
2: 421. So Florida's offer is not etched in okay. stone yet.
1: All right. Miami was a loser today, Steve.
2: Yeah, man. And again, it's... They have the number 16 class, or I think it's 18. Or, 18, last I yeah, checked. number 18. They didn't get Francois. It might have been he 16 once, when I wrote it, and now it's 18 yeah. when you edited it. Trey Scott edits my stories, thankfully.
1: Francois was was one
2: time committed
1: to Miami. Yeah. Goes to Nebraska today. Yep. They also lost sure uh, Romello
2: Height. To That's Auburn. A fun name. To Auburn. Auburn, yeah. So Auburn, may, Auburn may be in line for one more there.
1: What's kind of, I mean, I guess the number tw- 18 class isn't horrible, but what's kind of missing here for
2: Miami? With such inconsistent play this year, they'd have a big win and then they'd lay an egg. I feel like they had a chance to really get some momentum a couple times this year, and they were—I mean, they had Darnell Washington on campus a couple times, a five-star tight end, Justin Flo. They were a finalist for him. I uh, felt like
1: this year, when you saw Miami as a
2: finalist for someone, you just like never took it seriously. But they're in a league; they're at least in a conference that you can recruit at this level. But if you develop what you have, you can win 10 11 games and maybe you're 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 not a playoff contender with that, with those wins but then you go out in the living rooms and you, with a 10 or 11 win resume and then you can start recruiting those players that get you over the hump so i'm not like sort of i'm right. not worried about Miami right now in their bu- in their building phase um, with Florida, I just wonder how they're going to break through from what they are, which is a New Year six contender, into a playoff contender if they're not closing strong.
1: Utah was a big winner.
2: Uh, the Utah Utes.
1: I think they're going to be. Were yeah, once, yeah. like in the recruiting rankings, number one hundred nineteen.
2: We have a commitment. Who is it? I believe it's McClellan to Alabama. Let's see. Are what you?
1: Ser- this is a verge. This is like the way we did our show this morning. Right, this in is in podcast fun. form.
2: I wish this podcast was running live. Um, let's see. Let's go to Hank South.
1: So while Steve looks that up, we've been waiting for this flip a few days now. Jace McClellan, four star running back and elite running back from Alito, Texas, has been committed to Oklahoma since July of twenty seventeen.
2: No, no court no,
1: no. false alarm on a call. false alarm. That could happen though. So be ready. That's that's we haven't even talked about Alabama or Oklahoma or any of those schools today. But Oklahoma had a bad day in the news. You see, all those guys are going to miss the Peach Bowl. But I'm, you know, don't worry, I'm not going to grill you on that. Uh, so McClellan, we'll still wait on that. I do, I do wish this was live. This would be a fun show to do live. Uh, Bryce Young, though, Bryce Young, he is just in signed his LOI
2: with Alabama. With
1: Alabama, oh. USC was threatening for the last few days, and I think Alabama fans were rather on edge with that and as I don't we, even know
2: if they were threatening it was just one of those things where there was some talk behind the scenes and they were talking to other schools and I never said that there was a threat but when you're talking about Bryce Young who's the number one quarterback in the country arguably you have to discuss it
1: all right so I'm gonna write out with just kind of listing the, the top 10 classes Steve and number one Clemson great defensive line hall and it looks like the Tigers are going to finish number one. So we'll see comes February, but, but it looks like that. Number two, Alabama. Can they, can they get Jason McClellan? It's been a quiet day for Alabama, but I mean, well, Jason McClellan, not, would be,
2: McClellan would be a great flip. Well, it's a subtly quiet day in the sense that their, their, their class, today was more about them keeping their guys. Right. Because people were trying to chip away. LSU was trying to chip away at Des Moines Kennedy, they did not get him. Uh, Florida was trying to chip away at Timothy Smith. They did not get him. A couple Pac-12, a few Pac-12 programs were trying to chip away at Bryce Young. They did not get him. Uh, so those are um, those are uh, wins for them. And then if they can add Jace McClellan uh, to what is already a terrific class, I mean this is just another you know your standard uh, really 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 good Alabama class that's going to keep them in the conversation. But but the most important thing with this Alabama class is I think that they're linebackers uh, and outside. Uh, outside edge guys are um, uh, really elite. Uh, Drew Sanders, Des Moines Kennedy, Quandarius Robinson, Will Anderson um, are, are terrific.
1: Ohio State got C.J. Stroud today, Steve. Number three class in the country. Added the, what was the top uncommitted quarterback in the country, C.J. Stroud. We've talked about him plenty, but I'm just running down the list. So that's a good gift for the Buckeyes. LSU at number four, and this is current as of 4.30 Eastern time. Georgia's number five, A&M six, Auburn seven, kind of had a fun day. Florida eight, again. They've
2: had a fun class.
1: Yeah, Auburn has. Florida eight, again, a signing day loser. But if Florida can finish with a top ten class, that's not bad, but it's not what you want if you're trying to win the SEC. Texas nine, Oklahoma ten, Steve... I'll wrap it up if the if the phone's not blowing up with any news. I figure we can just well, hop D- out of Dijon's here.
2: Bijan's like one of the last no he, oh, he he's he's in? Okay, the
1: Texas five star running back signing Bijan Robinson. The Longhorns couldn't handle any more, more bad news after Tom Herman uh, flipped off the camera on Longhorn Network this morning. He did. You didn't see that?
2: No, this is news to me. So what yeah. happened?
1: So, he, so t- Texas coach Tom Herman like the Longhorn Network was filming their war room, and I guess he thought that it was not a live camera. And he's just messing around, having some fun as 40 year old men like to do double birding. The camera gets caught and he just apologized for it. Said he was, you know, telling a story about the Texas OU game. So it wouldn't be the college football daily podcast. If I didn't have to deal with a humiliating action by the Texas Longhorns. So that's a perfect way to end it. We've got tons more signing day coverage on 24 seven sports. Thank you for listening. And Steve, I think it'd be good for us to just you know, finally get some rest and, and get our energy back. But appreciate you joining me. And, uh, We'll talk to you guys next time.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.